What's up? It's Ryan Rosillo. This is Dual Threat, at least for a little while. And yes, if you haven't heard, I am now with The Ringer full-time. And we'll be changing the name of this podcast. We'll be going three days a week. It's going to just be The Ryan Rosillo Podcast. And that's the name that I wanted, and everybody was on the same page. So that's what we're doing, but one more Dual Threat for the feed. And that also means the Belvedere's, our presenting sponsor. Produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all-natural vodka. Part of a 600-year Polish vodka-making tradition, Belvedere is made with 100% Polska rye, pure water, and no additives. Also want to remind everybody that we're doing a big Atlantic City show with Belvedere. Uh, they're going to call it the Ryan Soda. And I don't know if I'll be bartending at this. I don't know. I might get back there. Why not? I wasn't a big, uh, you know, you go to these fancy places and they've got the jig and they, they pour an ounce and a half in there. I was strictly a count guy. All right. I'm so, going. yeah, that's that's the way I go. Um, so if I get back there, uh, pretty easy. We we're just doing Belvedere soda and a lemon because lemon's actually the way that it's supposed to be. But I don't want to be that guy. All right. I don't want to be that guy. Whatever makes you happy, because this podcast is uh, it, it's all about positivity, which we've said for a long time. Also want to tell you about Yahoo Fantasy Football. We've all made some bad choices in life. My choice is joining fantasy leagues where everybody knows me because nobody actually wants to pull any trades with me. It sucks. Uh, it's gone on for years, so I finally got out of this league, and I'm going to sign up for Yahoo now because I'm just going to be anonymous. My team's going to be Team 6. You're never going to know. We're going to have a standard green logo with a football on it. Pretty generic, um, but that's going to be me, Team 6, out there. And I'm excited to get that started on Yahoo because I know I feel like I've been missing out a ton because even if I try to propose bad trades, they think I knew something and my team was average as hell for the last decade anyway. So don't let missing out on fantasy football be one of those bad choices. It's not too late to create or join a league on Yahoo. Football rules and having a fantasy team makes football season even better. Try a new best ball format where all you do is draft, no waivers, no trades all season long. It's two-minute drill time, so drive down the field and score yourself a fantasy football team. You won't regret choosing Yahoo. You will regret missing signups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Fantasy Football. Kyle, thanks for having me here, and uh, I'm really kind of pumped and transitioning over uh, to this stuff full-time. I've got some plans in the works. I'm not going to share them all just because if it ends up not being exactly what I want to do, I'm going to want to pivot. So why tell everybody what my plans are? Because who knows? But it's going to be three week. And what I really like about this is that outside of the football ones that are pretty standard anyway, Wednesday is going to allow me some flexibility with different interviews, some different subjects. And then the NBA thing, which is far too close, uh, the start of the season. I didn't want to be doing something where I was only doing football stuff until I would do the basketball stuff with Bill. But college football is right there with the NBA as far as my passions. Uh, traveling for 10 plus years and actually getting ready to put together a couple trips uh, Austin for the LSU game, hopefully Ole Miss and LSU as well. Maybe one or two other things that we'll be doing. Um, I really think that over the years, I come from a perspective that has, has heard it all. I've heard all of your angst. I've heard all of your concerns, all the things that you think are bullshit. And I've done this segment just once before, but I wanted to update it because it was only one time that I ever did it on radio. And that is... The college football fan base, as much as I love this sport and love it all, most of the conversation is based solely on this rule, and it is that most of us are just trying to 
and find a way to navigate through life without getting fucked over every single day. Okay? Because that's basically what happens to you. We're all getting screwed on all sorts of different things, and they all kind of catch up to you, and you go, and this isn't about being negative. It's just reality. Think about some of the financial stuff that you've dealt with in your life. Um, all the BS hurdles, and these aren't big hurdles. These aren't the crazy one. This isn't about your health. This isn't about divorce, a death in the family. I'm just talking about those, those death by a thousand cut hurdles that you're just so sick of. that You have like a breaking point where it's not really the end of the world. It's not going to change your day, but all of these things add up. And that's basically what a college football fan goes through over the course of the season, feeling that at every turn, your team is getting fucked in the polls, in the way they're being talked about the reaction of the games, different calls. I mean, that's all it is. The college football season is a culmination of just all the things in life that mirror all the challenges you think, like everybody is out to get me. And that's why it's always fun to talk about. I always think about banking, right? Money, when you didn't have any, bounce a check. And that's really on you that you bounce the check, but you go to the bank. Why would you cash the biggest check first when I wrote that one three days after the smaller ones? And if you're not using checks, just the debit card. We can update some of this stuff. Why did you process the debit card that was the largest transaction and then hit me with all the little fees when I was overdrawn on all the things that I actually did before? Why? Because you're fucking me. And you see that and you go, I know it's still me. It's still my fault that I was overdrawn. But you guys did a little trickery on the timeline, a little time traveling, where now all of a sudden I'm getting whacked with like 104 because it's like $27 a fee, right? So now I'm getting hit with now $108 in fees when it should have just been the 127 I could handle, I could process the $27 overdrawn fee. I can't handle four of them. And then you look at your credit card statement. And you're like, when did I sign up for Hulu? premium YouTube and Spokia went, Oh, I looked up a phone number and now I've been paying them 60 bucks. And that's the whole, like, no offense, but most of these businesses that we're talking about all the time, like, and make sure you sign up for yarn a month as well, where you will just be billed directly and a new thing of yarn will show up to your house. And if you don't want that yarn, you can tell the yarn place 30 days ahead of time, I'm going to skip this yarn because they know you're never going to cancel the shit. So it's still your fault that you haven't canceled any stuff. But yeah, it stings every now and then. Like I'm dropping 60, 70 bucks a month on subscription stuff that I didn't even know. Like how many times can I watch the new Battlestar Galactica when I already have the other streaming device? And then there's always the tickets or the returning an item. Like, hey, I just bought this. Yeah, but we need the in-store receipt. Well, I did it I did it on an email. I can't find it. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I have the transaction right here on my credit card. Okay, no. But yeah, I just, I don't want this. Oh, you're outside of the 14-day. Best we can do is store credit, and you have to use it now. And you're like, damn it, I know it's my fault, but I still would like you to work with me. And then there's always the parking ticket thing, right? Because it's always, again, usually our fault, just like when your team is left out of the playoff. It's probably something they didn't do right, or they lost to Purdue by a ton, you know? But you want to blame somebody else for it. And you get out of the car, and you park in front of that sign, and you're looking at that fucking thing like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind, and you're like, I've got it. I'm studying this thing. And then you come back to your car and there's a ticket and you didn't realize you were like, what is this every other Thursday from one to two, no parking with street cleaning? Like the, the street isn't even clean. Like that's just an excuse to give me the ticket, even though it's probably still my fault. I got the ticket. So whether it's money, the transactions, tickets, returning stuff, there's also life ones too, right? That friend that only does things on his terms. He's usually rich. 
He's got to have the best room on a road trip or he's going to cry about it. So you know already going into it, you're making adjustments about your whole weekend because if he doesn't have the best setup, he's going to ruin it for everybody else. And he probably has to drive. He's always going to be the one that drives. He probably sells you out to mutual female friends. But again, it's his summer house. And then, of course, the big one that you're always worried about. Yes, you like her. Maybe you're already married to her, but you look at her mom and you think, is that what my wife is going to look like in 20 or 30 years? Or how come she seeps talking about when I stop working? Or how come when I pull up the family laptop, there's a bunch of Zillow tabs where she's been searching condos on South Beach? So, yeah, that's life. Life is a series of these things that are happening to you at all times, no matter how great your life is, okay? That you're always wondering, am I going to get screwed in the long run? And that is, folks, college football. Welcome to another season of navigating all the different ways that you think you're going to get screwed over. Why is the Big Ten game in primetime and the Pac-12 isn't? Why did College Game Day go to Tuscaloosa instead of Morgantown? This is going to screw us in recruiting. That and SEC admission standards. Um, and why are they playing eight games in a conference when we're playing nine conference games like that old school Big Ten tradition? Every week you make excuses, you invent ways that you're getting fucked over in the polls because you've been dealing with it your entire life. Again, enjoy the season. I have more with Kevin Clark on Andrew Luck and also uh, some observations before the college football season gets started. Week one, we know what we had Miami, Florida. Shout out to the Gators for that win. But this episode of Dual Threat is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. If you watch much college football coverage on TV, you know it's full of a bunch of dudes yelling at each other and throwing out hot takes they probably don't even believe themselves. Man, there's some people in the crosshairs on this read. Tearing players down and throwing out massive overreactions are part of the course. Well, CBS Sports HQ is here to change that. They're a 24-hour streaming sports network that's just focused on the game with highlights, news, stats, game previews, game reactions, fantasy advice, and gambling picks. No fake debates, no politics, no made-up drama. It's just sports for the real fans. Even better, it's free. Seriously, you can watch CBS Sports HQ 24 hours a day, seven days a week, totally free. And no, I don't mean free for a week or a month if you already have some special cable package. It's completely free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime, anywhere on your phone or at home, on your Apple TV, Roku or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier, so download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Want to remind you, Yahoo Fantasy Football, we all made some bad choices in life, including uh, this week's episode of Hard Knocks. Um, we got a big mashup of of songs. Kyle, what song would you sing if you were a rookie? Give me, give me your signing bonus school and what song? Only the Good Die Young, Billy Joel. Wow, little Billy Joel. I didn't expect... Uh, My karaoke song. I can hit all the notes. That's your karaoke go-to? Yeah. How many reeb's in you? <laughs> what do you mean? Beers. Oh. <laughs> Never heard that term? No, sorry. Yeah. As many as, uh, as many as I could do. You don't need any. I bet you don't need one. No, I don't need one. Yeah. I have a good voice, right? Really? Yeah. Hmm. I somehow believe you. I, I'm convinced of it. All right. Come so, out in Virginia. I'm kidding. Whoa. <laughs> all right, I think you, So all those guys that are trying to, they're all trying to do... Like, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Uh, like, that song's tight. hard. Yeah. Okay? Um, the Lean On Me thing is a little played out. I think you got to play The Room a little bit better. So if you're a white guy going Stand By Me song, and then, I don't know. You're just, you're not Big playing. Swing. 
You're not playing the room. (laughs) Might as well just start rapping. All right, so don't let missing out on fantasy football be one of them. It's not too late to create or join a league on Yahoo. Football rules and having a fantasy football team makes football season even better. Try a new best ball format where all you do is draft. So there's no waivers, no trades all season long. It's two-minute drill time, so drive down the field and score yourself a fantasy team. You won't regret choosing Yahoo. You will regret missing signups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Fantasy Football. Part of me wants the ACC, though, to win six more titles in a row with three other teams besides Clemson. So it would be Clemson can win a couple more, but I need of those six, I need three to be new teams in the ACC and then fan bases everywhere and media members everywhere can blame the ACC network with ESPN. That's what I hope happens (laughs) because I loved being at ESPN and hearing, well, it's only because the SEC network you have. It's like, yeah, right. Because if another conference won seven titles in a row with four different teams, we would, we would just ignore it and pretend that conference sucks. But now that there's the ACC network, there you go. What do we need to know for this first week? Well, there's a lot of different things we could know here. But what it feels like, as far as the headline game and the game that means so much, that is what's going on with the Pac-12 and what is Auburn? And last year, we had something very similar, right? We've got Oregon versus Auburn, number 11 versus number 16. Auburn's fourth, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say I know definitively who they are, but they're behind Alabama, they're behind Georgia, and they're behind LSU. At least we think that right now. A&M is maybe better, and I like that people voted them up higher and didn't already start knocking them down based on how many games they'll probably lose with A&M's ridiculous schedule that they have. So maybe Auburn's the fifth best team in the SEC. If Oregon has a chance to even get to the playoff, which they still could have if they lose this game to Auburn, and go ahead and win the Pac-12. And I don't know if it's Utah. I don't know if it's Washington. Although Eason, at one point in the SEC, when he was still at Georgia, I thought Eason had the best arm of any of the quarterbacks. And that was not only his talent, but the lack of talent around him at a position that's getting deeper now in the SEC. But there's this this angst already, this pre-angst, that if Auburn wins this game, that it writes off the Pac-12 as a playoff contender, and that Oregon is a national championship contender, it's over. Maybe. Maybe that happens. But, I mean, think about what happened last year. We had number six Washington against number nine Auburn. Auburn won 21-16. I left that game feeling kind of good about both teams. Auburn went 7-5. and five. So, Auburn winning that and going 7-5, and five, does that mean that it hurt the Pac-12 overall? I mean, I still think that we get too caught up in the outcome of one game far too much. But whatever happens in that game... It's going to be this obsessive overreaction, and I hate the word narrative, but if Auburn were to win that, then all these guys are just going to say, oh, the Pac-12's done, when in fact, it's just not true. The Pac-12's not done at all. Now, Oregon's offensive line, you would think, would be one of the few offensive lines outside of you know, the top five perennial programs outside of some of these SEC schools that can actually handle the fact that Auburn may ha- maybe has, what, three first-round players on that defensive line? Maybe like Clemson this past year, where, you know, I'm not even sure Auburn's going to be what that D-line was for Clemson these last few years. But personnel-wise, we know it's advantage quarterback, Oregon. Whenever I read, oh, a more aggressive new-style defense, that means that we know Oregon's defense is completely unproven. And Malzahn doesn't get enough credit. Auburn is really brutal when it comes to its coaches and their lack of patience with these guys. I mean, he's the only dude that's really hung with Saban at all. And it's still not good enough, despite the fact that 
more people credit him than Chiswick with the title and that they got to another title game against Auburn with Malzahn. And they very well could have won that game too. So uh, I'm not going to tell you I know what Auburn is, but I'm also not going to tell you that I know exactly who the SEC is and even more importantly, what the Pac-12 has made of it this year based just on the outcome of that game. Because Auburn didn't do anything really that great. Uh, They probably should have beat LSU. They smashed Purdue in their bowl game, the same Purdue team that beat Ohio State. But you have to watch out for some of these misleading scores because I think you could still look at Washington and say, hey, look at them. They played in the Rose Bowl and they played a one-score game with Ohio State. Uh, I watched that game actually this morning. It was on because I wanted to see it again. And I went through all the different... um, I went through everybody's bowl game that's ranked in the top 25 in the AP. And that final score in the Rose Bowl was 28-23. So you're like, hey, you know, Washington hung in there. They hung in there with those guys. And it's really easy, especially a year removed, to start playing this game where you look back at just scores and go, oh, that's right, that game was competitive. That game was good. That game was 28-3 going into the fourth quarter. I'm a big believer in human behavior. And I can guarantee you that when you're a college kid and you're up 28-3 in the fourth quarter against a team that hasn't been able to do anything against you all day long, you don't play with the same level of intensity in that fourth quarter. I think the LSU-UCF game is a misleading one-score game, 40-32. I was there in attendance. Some fluky things happened in that game to let it look like it was a one-score game. LSU outgained them 555-250. to I did not leave Phoenix going... Yeah, those two teams are even. But people that don't like the SEC wanted to say, ah, oh, you know, UCF was right there and they hung with them. Um, and again, UCF didn't have their starting quarterback. It's kind of like this Ravens thing that I keep reading about. I was reading one guy who keeps pumping up Lamar Jackson. Maybe Lamar Jackson is this misunderstood statistical anomaly who's going to have a terrific second season uh, playing, knowing that it's his team. Maybe all of those things happen. But it's not because he was competitive at the end of a blowout against the San Diego Chargers in the playoffs when the Chargers were leading 23-3 to in the fourth quarter, and then the Ravens put together a couple touchdowns in the last five minutes of the game. Not all those points are created equal. I think there's some numbers people that will just look at me and say, hey, the numbers are the numbers, the scores are the scores, and that's the way we look at this thing, and if it's a one-score game, it's a one-score game. I don't believe that. I believe if one team's blowing out the other team and they get a couple late touchdowns, it's not because they actually were closer to even. It's because one team probably stopped trying. Lamar Jackson had a QBR of nine in that playoff game against the Chargers. And it also happens in the NFL all the time where you'll hear a coach because it kind of goes unchecked and it sounds good. It's like, yeah, I know we went seven and nine, but seven of our nine losses were by one score or less. Like, wow, that's an interesting stat. Look at that. They were in so many of these games. You want to know what the average margin of victory was outside of a touchdown by all NFL teams? Kansas City was plus 8.7 points. New Orleans was plus 8.6. Chicago was plus 8.1. And then Arizona was minus 12.5. Oakland was minus 11.1 points in scoring margin. So that's five teams out of 32 NFL teams that have an average margin of victory outside of a one-score game. So 27 teams could go, hey, we had a ton of one-score games. No shit. Because that's the way that game works. But it becomes really smart to argue, hey, look how close all these games we had. Yeah, we just, you know, bounce here, bounce there. We're a 10-2 and team. The SEC has six teams in the top 25 in the AP. 
Missouri technically is 26. Mississippi State's 28. South Carolina's 35. That is the anti-SEC argument that if you put this many teams in there, then it just kind of helps prop everybody else up. I do believe in that. And yeah, I wish the polls were a little bit later, but if you had the polls later, nobody would follow it and somebody else would come up with some poll and then everybody would just go off of that. All right. Because it's just the game looks cooler when there's a number 11 against a number 17 on your Saturday icon. Okay. It just, it just looks better. Um, won their bowl game with the same quarterback coming back. Clemson, LSU, Florida, Texas, Oregon, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Stanford. So that's nine. I'm a big believer in that, where a lot of the rankings are, and this is even though I love this game, remember, like a lot of the people are just reciting recruiting rankings. Hey, this guy is supposed to be really good as a five-star they have a new defensive coordinator that's going to be way more aggressive but simplistic. And if the offense sucked last year, we're going to take way more chances. If the offense didn't suck, it's like, oh, a second year in this system where apparently every coach has only done better in the second year versus the first year because his guys are in there. And it's just the reality of how hard it is to know how a bunch of young kids who you haven't seen play together collectively are going to work out. The NFL, we have some idea, but it's still unpredictable basketball is great because you can go okay i've seen this guy play for five or six years this is who he is maybe he has some anomaly year but for the most part we know what we're going to expect and if i look at this team i go "Eh, they're not going to be very good i look at this team they're going to be pretty good and it's going based on actually watching these players so college football is the most unknown breakdown of any of these sports that we really care about so voters will always look at a team and go did they win their bowl game and is the same qb coming back and that's why you have a team like florida even in the top 10, despite the fact that Felipe Franks, who I think proved again on Saturday against Miami, that I don't think you should be just writing in, oh, all set, benefit of the doubt, but they beat a Michigan team in a big way, but then again, the counter to the Michigan loss is that a bunch of their defensive players had already decided to move on. Lost the game, but same QB coming back in the bowl game. Tua from um, Michigan with their game, Florida that we just mentioned, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan State, in that awesome 7-6 game against Oregon, and then Iowa State, and now a new QB altogether, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Washington, Utah, because Huntley was hurt, now he's the starter again, Penn State, Auburn, UCF, Cuse, Washington State. No bowl game last year for a top 25 team, and I'd always had this joke about the coaches' poll that the coaches' poll love nothing more than keeping Nebraska ranked every single week for years, despite the fact that they shouldn't have been, but they just couldn't help themselves. They were 4-8 and eight last year, and they're ranked. Why? Frost second year, because everybody's better than their second year, quarterback's coming back. But if you paid attention, you didn't have to watch all the Nebraska games, but if you paid attention to their weekly outcomes, they had some absolutely devastating, crappy losses, which I think is allowing people to give them the benefit of the doubt. I was going to do my worst storyline, but it's still too early for that. I don't want to do coach in the hot seat because it's clearly Todd Helton. And every interview he has, you just go, this is why people are turning on him because there's just not a lot of depth there. I'm not saying that's who he is. But when you're not doing well with a fan base that doesn't see you as one of their own, the interviews that Helton gives, I think people just listen to him and go, ugh. So instead of the hot seat, I think it's more a perception changing seat. And that's Harbaugh has to beat Ohio State with no urban around. Coach O has to have LSU not match his nickname and scoring against Alabama. And despite going 3-9 and nine last year with UCLA, a little better at the end of the year with Chip, they just have to be more competitive 
to curtail some of the Chip Kelly's been figured out and he's not ahead of everybody else, which could be, you know, accurate. I, I'd be willing to listen to that argument, but he needs to have something that's just a little bit more competitive than uh, what they had this past year. My playoff picks, I'm going to try to be a little different here. I think the Pac-12 drought is over uh, as they get a team in. I'm a little torn on what to do with Oregon and Washington. And I know everybody loves Utah this year. That still seems to be a little bit of a reach, although that's unfair because we're just so used to these brand names every single time of of all these teams. But let's end the Pac-12 drought. Let's put Oregon in there. Let's put Texas in. Let's put Clemson in. And I'm going to go with Georgia. So picking against Alabama after they lost a game where they should be as mad as they've ever been doesn't feel very smart. I am trying to be a little different here. I think Georgia wins the national title. So we'll be doing more college football reaction uh, next week and then getting you ready for the start of the NFL season with two podcasts. Let's talk a little bit about Discount Tire. When was the last time you thought about your tires? Tires are what makes the difference in how your car feels and drives. Since 1960, Discount Tire has been keeping customers safe by taking care of all your tire and wheel needs. With over 1,000 locations across 34 states, their main focus is your safety and the safety of everyone else on the road. Discount Tire provides tire rotations, balancing, free flat repairs, free air checks, and more. And because safety is so important, they provide free tire safety inspections. Discount Tire also has the lowest prices on the best and largest selection of tires and wheels. They'll even make personalized recommendations for you based on your zip code and driving preferences. Whether you need an air check or a set of tires and wheels, Discount Tire can help you get back on the road with peace of mind and change to spare. Visit DiscountTire.com to shop, research, and purchase your tires today. You can even make an appointment to skip the lines. That's DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. They'll get you taken care of. Speaking of driving, everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You get in a crash, people could get hurt or killed. But here are some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver or call a taxi. Guys, it's actually never been easier. It's never been easier to get a safe ride home. And at this point in the game, if you're not if you're not doing that, I mean, you're just an incredibly selfish person. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure, you're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, let's talk a little Andrew Luck here with Kevin Clark. So the Luck news comes out on Saturday, and there had been something kind of weird or just unknown I think there's just a best way to describe it, Kevin, this gray area of Andrew Luck of like what was really going on. I think historically, though, when you think back at his career and that he's missed, what, 26 games, mm-hmm. it feels like he's missed 100 the way people talk about him. I, I think he's missed less games than the perception of him as, as this off injured quarterback. So we sit there today and there seems to be a further separation of like what is allowed, <laughs> what level of disappointment is allowed by a fan base. <laughs> And what compassion you're, sh- you're supposed to show to just another human being. I mean, the way we do this now is completely different. So I think that's something that I do want to get to. But from just a football standpoint, we know how good he is, but kind of just your reaction over the weekend. Well, it makes sense the more you think about it. 
because here's a guy who went to Stanford, has an architecture degree, has $100 million in the bank. By the way, can I just jump in? Because I met him when he was at Stanford because mm-hmm. we had these connections with the Stanford guys. And I was like, you know, how's it going? And you're, you're sitting there like trying to talk to Andrew Luck when I know he doesn't care that he's talking to me and I'm this older guy. And he was just like, well, you know, I'm just trying to finish, finish up this architecture thing. He's like, you know, it's really my passion. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? I was like, dude, yeah. I mean, like, no. And he's like, no, no. He, he was so serious about the architecture thing when I was sitting there in one of the coaches' office out at the farm yeah. where the, it was one of the many things that I thought of when I saw it on the bottom line. And as you bring it up, like, he was kind of going, well, you know, I just want to make yeah. sure I'm prepared and have this architecture degree. We're like, dude, you're going to be the number one pick. Right. So Matt Hasselbeck told me that he used to read, you know, everybody's on their phone on Snapchat or whatever. There's 52 of those guys on, on their phone. And the 53rd guy is Andrew Luck. And he was reading books about, like, concrete, literal concrete. And how you build with concrete and how it, how it ties into architecture. So I think let's not lose sight of the fact that Andrew Luck loved football. And you only get to that level if you're a in love with the game of football. Because quarterback is an incredibly hard position to play. And you have to th- go all in. But this is a guy, and I think there's, you can count on two hands, the guys who you can talk about anything with um, in the NFL. I think Aaron Rodgers is there. I think Malcolm Jenkins is there. I think and Josh Norman is there a little bit. Um, but... I, whenever I interviewed Andrew Luck, anything was on the table. And I think that that's, he was, he's a well-rounded guy. And there's not a lot of guys, people were asking me over the weekend, is this going to start a trend? Is everyone going to start retiring at 29? Well, not everybody has $100 million. Not everybody has the ability to do whatever they want going forward. And so, again, this makes sense for Andrew Luck. It doesn't make sense for most people. I think the biggest thing for me is this should have, a, this should send a chill down the spine of any front office with a young quarterback who's actively screwing it up. If you're the Houston Texans right now, this is a, Andrew Luck was as close to a sure thing as you could possibly get. The Colts and Ryan Grigson screwed it up, and Andrew Luck bounced. So if you're the Texans right now, and you have Deshaun Watson, and last year he couldn't fly on, on an aircraft because of how bad the offensive line was, there's no guarantee that Deshaun Watson is going to sit there for 15 years and say, okay, I'm just going to take this punishment. He might get his one extension and bounce just like Andrew Luck. That, I think, is the legacy, is every front office with a quote-unquote sure thing needs to do whatever they can to make sure this doesn't happen to their sure thing. And the reality is is that most guys are still probably going to stay 10-plus years and take that That's correct. Right. That's correct. So, look at Alex yeah. Smith. I mean, he still wants to come back. He's made a, a ton of money. He's got a, a contraption on his leg right now, and he just wants to ball. Yeah, that's always something I, I feel like people lose sight of. And, you know, I remember getting this argument with Canelo about Jimmy Garoppolo where he would be like, why can't you just ride that out? I go, well, because most guys, believe it or not, want to actually play eventually in yeah. games. They like, like football. Right. They got like, they got this way by liking football. Yeah. So the whole hey, Garoppolo, like, I'll just ride this out until Brady's 45. I'm like, okay, it's our 33-year-old rookie. <laughs> like, this is going to be that, awesome. That Dennis Quaid movie. <laughs> yeah. Targeting <laughs> <laughs> like, from the bullpen at age 40. So... You know, most of most of these players, even though yes, you know, you can you can point to a bunch of guys that are retiring younger, but yeah. that bunch of guys list is is double digits long. I don't know that it's ever going to be triple digits. It's certainly not triple digits by choice, by their own choice. But this is a real headliner in that it is somebody that was a sure thing. It is somebody that we thought loved football. Does this mean that he doesn't love football? Does this mean that no. okay, but like you you cut that off and you go 
I mean, I don't know. He I, was like, peeing blood at some point. And at some point, you look down, and you got blood in your urine, and you say, this sucks. And I think that, you know, you saw the Gronk news yesterday where he's tearing up because of the dark place the football put him in where he's sleeping 20 minutes after the Super Bowl. And there were a couple other guys on Twitter who are like, they, you know, they were in tears, their wives were in tears just because of the pain they were in. And again, I think you can love football, but at some point say this sucks. I mean, if if in some weird way, what we were doing with our jobs was causing us such physical pain that we were sleeping 20 nights, well, I, we both love our job. But at some point, we're like, this, this kind of sucks, man. I'm going to go do something else. I, I, I don't know. I just it's it's a it's the ultimate um, it's the ultimate decision to make, because can you keep loving football if it's ruining everything else in your life? See, I think some guys can. Yes, and- I agree. And that's, that's what I, I think if this is the discussion that you're having, you know, five years from now, like, what is this start? What kind of trend is this? The likelihood is that it's not right. any kind of trend other than, yes, we've had a few more guys that decided to hang it up a little bit earlier. But there is an enormous amount of sympathy for today's football player that wasn't there. And there's a, there's a sympathy in a pro player thing that's been going on for years in all sports now, which, you know, I've talked about in a dump bunch of different forums and that part i think is kind of cool if you're a player you're like hey wait everybody's like on my side they're they're not saying just strap up and deal with it but then again i think there's a line that you can kind of cross where i go okay we know this game is really brutal on you and you could not do it and for luck you decided not to do it for all the guys that continue to do it i don't know that i want to hear about how terrible of a time it is all the time either (laughs) So, you know, I don't, I don't know if that makes me a bad guy. Like, whenever we've gone through all this concussion awareness stuff for the last couple of years, and you had so many members of the media kind of doing this thing where it's like, I feel complicit, and I, you know, I, I just I can't consume it the same way. There's a Thursday night college game, and every, any kid that throws up is like, oh, that guy's concussion. I can't believe he went back in, and all these neurosurgeons on Twitter. And I go, I've just gotten to the point where it happened a couple of years ago where I go, I can be sympathetic. I can feel for these guys, but I also can just accept that like, this is kind of what it is and you can do it or not do it. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a, a cold vibe from you right now on, on this opinion. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think that there's a saturation point where I think four years ago we'd reached this point. I remember reading this stuff where it's like every week, there was every outlet had to have their here's what it's like for an NFL player at age 45 story. And I think that actually did a disservice because people just started to tune it out. And I think that, that we've we've reached that point now where there was such a huge rush to have media coverage of um, and these are you know, terrible stories, whether it's Jim McMahon or any of these other folks. Um, it wasn't even the McMahon one. They found out like later on when he had a neck surgery. Yeah. Like it improved a bunch of this stuff. <laughs> so they were like, wait a minute, what happened? Um, so go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. And also, you know, and, and this is, this gets the, the concussion lawsuit against the NFL was never taken to its fullest, um, degree because they settled. And I remember talking to someone from the NFL and they were saying, you know, it's not going to be as bad as you think, because a lot of these guys, you can sort of muddle the argument where it's not just football that did this to them. It's you know, whether that's PEDs, whether that's, you know, football players in the 80s, particularly went through a lot of different stuff to get their body ready. Um, it was just the Wild West, whether that it's not just the hits. Again, it's the drugs they're putting in their system. It's, it's all this stuff. And so playing football 20 years ago, 30 years ago, really, really, really sucked. 
And I think we know that by now. And the guys who are 45, 50, 55, it sucks to be them in a lot of cases. Um, and I think that, again, because there was such a, a huge uh, slew of news coverage about that five, six years ago, I think that now uh, we've reached sort of the, the, the point where, where that those stories don't make an impact anymore. And so I, I agree that you can't make football into this conversation where it's just, you know, this guy got hit really hard. Now let's talk about how much that hit hurts. Um, but you can, I think, every once in a while remind people this guy was peeing blood or this guy's kidney was lacerated. I think there, there's, there's room for both. Okay, here's a theory. Um, I heard this theory once it happened that they let him keep almost $25 million mm-hmm. in a bonus because – is a working theory that you never know a year away from it. Still that young, yeah. healthy in a way that he's probably not felt since college. It's a, it's a make good gesture to luck. And it's worth the 25 million. If he were to come back in a year. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a really good theory. I wonder if the booze have any impact on him. I mean, the, the last thing I don't I actually don't know. I'm not Andrew Luck. I don't know Andrew Luck well enough. Are the booze a motivating factor to maybe come back and stick it to him? Or is it like, screw these people. I'm never coming back ever again. I'm not even going to do a Andrew Luck day in five years. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know him well enough for that. Every time we did a podcast, we ended up talking about Game of Thrones. So I, I'm not in his psyche. OK, and so I agree with you. I also think that, you know, you what look- would Jon Snow do if he was booed? Maybe that would be a tip. And so I think that there's, I think that the Calvin Johnson thing was kind of, you know, Calvin Johnson will not come back and have anything to do with the Lions until they give him his money back. And I think that there were, around the league, there were people saying like, was it really worth it for the Lions to get that money back? And now Calvin Johnson, and also any player going forward is going to be like, what the hell did you do to Calvin Johnson? I just, $25 million is a rounding error for a $2 billion franchise. And I think the Ursay family kind of understood that. The boo thing is fascinating because, you know, you work in this. I mean, did you ever boo anybody? You definitely have booed magic some, opponents when you were younger, uh, without question. Yeah. I mean, I... I you boo t- the heat. I boo the heat. I, so I... Would booed, you boo the heat now? A couple IPAs? In you? <sighs> yeah. I booed at some UFC event uh, <laughs> last week. I did some booing. Did you really? I the one in Anaheim? Booing. Uh, who did I you, did. Who did you boo? Um... Henry Cerudo, I booed. Um, wow. Just, just because I wanted to. I just, I was, everybody else is booing. Um, double champ. Uh, kind of, kind of an annoying person. Everybody else is booing a boot. Um, I famously have told the story on Bill's pod. Uh, I used to sneak on the floor at the Magic Games. And at the finals, I very loud, as in college, and my friend Ben and I very loudly booed Kobe Bryant right behind him. We got right next to him because security at the old Orlando Arena was just awful. And we got right behind the Lakers bench just screaming in his ear. He had to have heard it. So that, there, there's, there's the boo. That was the last sort of legitimate, like, you're going to get worked boo I've, I've yelled. <laughs> the reason we I We won that, that game, by the way. We won that game. That was game three. We won. You go into the magic pit, you never know what you're going to get. So... <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, that's just, player. you just know, yeah, the world of wizards, you're in there. It's just, yeah. who knows? Everything's on the table. Um, when was the time you booed? Like a legitimate boo. I think it was Clemens pitching at Fenway. Oh. Yeah. That Did one bothered me. Did you buy a me. ticket to boo? I went down there for Clemens, but the thing is, is that Clemens, 
had a bunch. He had more exits from from baseball than I did from ESPN. So, um, Clemens, you, you thought you were going to like the last time you'll ever yeah. see Clemens. And the thing that Boston fans are classic for is that we do the tough guy thing, but then we're total saps at the same yeah. time. So it's like boo Clemens, and then when he leaves the game, it's you know what though, you know you guys oh you met God. so much and although when he came back with the Yankees and he ended up losing the game I think they lost on a walk off and it was like down the left field line and I was there so it was kind of like this combination of booing him appreciating him one last time and then the Sox get the walk off win and then he came back to baseball like three more times after that so it maybe it wasn't as emotional at the time but it was a long time ago and when you work in this you're just less likely to boo. You just are, okay? Because the UFC not... booing, to be clear, was just kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah, I, I, get I literally it. I... just did the booing just because everybody else was. And... I feel like it was a WWE booing. Yeah, no, that's what it was. Right. Yeah, I don't actually right. hate hate that guy. I don't care. Well, you also admitted on this podcast you hate a UFC guy, and that you never know those guys. Well, he's like 120 pounds. Oh, see, now you're just digging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a deeper hole. Right Wait, now. he's an Olympic wrestler. I mean, I could, you know. That's true. You yeah. Know, right. You could just, probably get me on the ground. Yeah. If you can just stay on your feet, yeah. Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you beat Dillashaw in stand up, but I mean, Dillashaw was doping. So, yeah, I mean, so I'm clean. I want to stay out of this. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to run into any of these guys. Um, <laughs> the booing part of it, though, like, is it okay? Like, even though, yes, I wouldn't boo, but I get why it happens, okay? I get that all this stuff got really weird when it was fantasy football and guys that would start tweeting at players being pissed that they were hurt, and then it's like, I'm the player, I feel like this possession, and there's some weird language with that now and and the heightened sensitivity of all this stuff, some of it being fair, some of it, I think, being overblown. But if you're a Colts fan and a week before the season, Andrew Luck's like, I'm done, like, can't that guy be upset? Yeah, I think there was a lot of working out of anxieties there. I think that it was unfortunate. I, I'm against the booing, and I, I wrote that, and I just think it's it was not an ideal look for everybody involved. But I also yeah, I'm not, think, I'm not pro booing. There, I, I guess think I'm that just there's thinking. a. I, I agree with you in that there's a little nuance here. I think they were just more like stunned and sad and needed to make noise. It's like, and, guess what? Now we're gonna suck. Yeah, I think that there was just a lot of anxiety in that building, and they. I don't know how you work that out. In, in real time. And the answer happened to be, wh- and what percentage of the crowd was booing? And then was, I think that it was one of those things where like, it's possible that it was just a couple people started booing and everybody else decided that that was going to be their reaction too. Yeah, I think that's I fair. Think that then the it's also, thing, let me take my luck jersey off. It's like, look at these guys. And, and you know what most people weren't going to be doing? Throwing away their Andrew Luck jerseys. Well, also, it was like the fourth quarter of a preseason game. So there may have been some alcohol involved. You would need a ton to get through some of these games. The people who are still there. Yeah. Let's let's just filter it that way. Who's still there in the fourth quarter of a pre of the third preseason game? It's some it's Indianapolis, everything's really convenient, so there's yeah. really no rush to leave. Right. So, we're all getting to Shula Steakhouse and the JW bar. Is that where they're all going after that? No, they'd be going to St. Elmo's, wouldn't St. they? St. Elmo's? Well, St. Elmo's yeah. might be booked since it's all, the only table available at, there is a 945 table perpetually. I guess you at 945. Get you at 945. Get you at uh, 945. Go there. Adam Gase, just shrimp all over his face. <laughs> Adam Gase, by the way, is a stand-in for every NFL coach. I didn't see Adam Gase. There. I probably did, but all right. he, doesn't, yeah, have, he never, doesn't have a shrimp devouring problem. I've never seen him. I've never seen him. Um, 
All right, I think we covered it there. I don't think there's really much else to Brock add. Brock Osweiler visit today. That's I haven't given enough thought to just the the circle of life there where Luck replaces Manning and then that that it all comes back to the Brock Osweiler visit today. Well, look, man, Osweiler kept the Broncos in it with that that deep throw against the Pats. I remember. Do, do you? I'm quickest evaluation. One of my quickest valuations ever. Kurt Warner, celebrity flag football tournament. Met Osweiler in the locker room. <laughs> that was my full eval. I went no, no. What, what what is that? That was it. Was that was that was we that? hadn't even gone out to the field yeah. yet. Yeah, and I was playing. That was one of the worst setups ever. <laughs> it was actually great. Like Kurt Warner and his crew were awesome. Yeah, but they put me on the Herbalife team, and Uh-oh. off to ev- a bad start. The average age of the team with me was seventy four, <laughs> and so. I was like, uh-oh. But the thing is, is like those guys killed it because they yeah. loaded it with celebrities. So like Irvin was there, Dion was there, Osweiler, Kurt, I think um, I think Rich Gannon was there. And then Larry Fitzgerald was our quarterback. So all the NFL players were designated quarterbacks the whole time. So you never had, no one ever oh. got to play quarterback except for the celebrities. But- was did quarterbacks play quarterback or did they play wide receiver? What I was told was you better get a quarterback as the quarterback because it sets it sets you yeah. apart. And so That's Larry, how, uh, most NFL teams operate that way. Yeah, as well. yeah. So Larry was our quarterback and he showed up late. Oh, it was like no. the ultimate leader <laughs> perception. Reality was he like I started warming up at quarterback. Yeah, because they were like Larry isn't here yet. And then he, like, rolled in, and I think in a Ferrari, and was like, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And threw in his shoes. We're like, man, we're, we're setting the wrong tone here. Like, other guys yeah. have routes, trees, and yeah, yeah. everything, and we're we're kind of lost. And then, like, I'm warming up, and they're going, who's that guy that doesn't look like an NFL quarterback? It was like, wow. me. Oh, trying to think who else. So there, who- was a, there was another rookie that was there, too, that sucked. And I remember going, like, oh, he's not going to be any good. And he wasn't. Was, was, he was, Andrew, was Andrew Luck? No, no. <laughs> um, Andrew, how, so how did Fitz end up doing? He was pretty good. He really was. Um, but our team was not awesome. Yeah. Because we had some older guys. And if those yeah. guys are listening now, they're probably dead. So they're not even going to hear this. But uh, I I ended up kind of being the guy. Yeah. And you're like, the, through, you're right, the stars. Right. Through like the second game, the second game, Larry was like, Oh wait, I I actually think I have something to work with here a little bit, oh, and so I went, he, oh okay, you became right. his number one target. Yeah, and I look, I still yeah. I left some plays out there. I regret. Yeah, uh, I did pick off Michael Irvin on defense though, and then ran it back at him, which felt so. Irvin was playing sh- quarterback. As yeah, well. Irvin was playing quarterback, and it was awesome. I baited him, and he fell for it. But uh, this reminds me, I did a story once about. By the way, we ran. We played like eight games. I wanted to lose so bad by game seven or eight. I could barely move. I'm like, we're not See? winning the title. This, is, this right. is what Andrew Luck went through. This is full circle. Wow. See, this is how you get to a point where the pain you were going through in game eight of a flag football game with Larry Fitzgerald, a quarterback, was outweighing your love for the game. Yeah, I became Andrew Luck at 29 in like game seven or eight. Because so, I go, we keep losing. I think Jay Crawford blew out another ACL. Jay Crawford is over 50. Like Ken Griffith Jr. Yeah, but Jay Crawford is like the out? best athlete 
you know, back in the ESPN days. And yeah. he'd still be in these men's pitching leagues where he's out there throwing 90 pitches. I've never seen anything like it. And he was out there like full knee brace. Like, but why? Here's my question. He blew, I think he blew out his ACL in the tournament. In those environments, why isn't just like Mark Mulder the pitcher? Like, Mulder's too cool. Do you know Mulder at all? I, I've never met Mulder. I'm yeah, just he, I'm just naming a, a pitcher who's played who's been at ESPN. I'm just saying, why is Jay Crawford the pitcher and not? That was like Dallas a men's Braden. league, a Connecticut okay. men's league thing. So that that not, wasn't a celebrity deal. It reminds right. me, I wrote a story about how Cam Newton loves joining random pickup games in, in across Carolina. And I talked to some of the guys who've been around and fight a lot of flag football. And they said he goes, he only plays receiver. He'll never play quarterback. And he goes about one quarter speed. And he's just an incredible target. He's just the best. He's, he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't actually have to run. No, his catch radius. His catch radius. Yeah. And, and also, the way he would just put you on his back. Also, you're, you're, you're going to be scared, even in flag football, of of Cam Newton a taking off or be hurting him, hurting you, hurting him. So you're going to give him a huge cushion. You can just throw screens to Cam all day, is what I'm saying. Yeah, he would just he would just run a little tight end delay right into yeah. your body and turn around. There's mm-hmm. nothing you're going to do about it. Mm-hmm. Plays volleyball too. Big volley, big pickup volleyball guy. That's good though, because volleyball is less dangerous on your joints. Beach that's a lot of up and down though. Yeah, but if he's playing beach volleyball or is, it is he playing beach. it's beach. Yeah. He plays in Baltimore where the Under Armour stuff is. I'm part of this circuit out in Manhattan Beach. So nice. I run into a lot of the guys. Was, <laughs> who, you know, who are the guy who are the guys in this scenario? <laughs> like Steve Nash? Uh well, there's a volleyball circuit that is it's basically once you retire as a white NBA player. Oh. They give you is a one way. there? Yeah, he won. I think well, six. I bet man. isn't he a pro, pro volleyball player at one yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. I think he was like a pro volleyball player while he was a pro basketball player. Yeah, but he won six man. There's something in the NBA CBA. I'm not. Might want to double check this, but they like <laughs> when you put in your retirement papers. They're yeah. like, oh, you're a white guy. Yeah. Like, hey, here's a here's one a, way ticket to Manhattan, Manhattan Beach, Beach. Yeah. and here's a two for one coupon at Shellbacks. And then here's your visor, strand. and you're going to go ahead and... You're the guy who gets the table at the strand, <laughs> the nice table at the strand. You're going to have to now play beach volleyball the rest of your life. So that's... I think it's a... It might even be a transition thing. You know how they have like rookie symposiums? They're like for depressed white guys yeah. that used to play in the NBA. Here you go. Cheer up. So. You're going to do the... You should do a story on that. <laughs> I would require me going to Manhattan Beach, which is like two hours from there. I'm sure there's a flight. <laughs> that, that would make sense. LAX? I could go Burbank to LAX. <laughs> or you could go to Bob Hope or no, John Wayne, right? Where's Bob Hope? Uh, That's an airport, right? Bob Can we Hope get research? Is, 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 no, no. Bob Hope is Burbank, I thought. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And John, okay. John Wayne is, John Wayne is, the, is OC. the OC. Yeah. 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 I knew the John Wayne one. Uh, I think we covered it. Because I want to do some more football stuff with you, but we still kind of have another week, so I don't want to waste it yet. I'm I'm around. I got nowhere. Is to there go. any other major story thing? I feel like this mm. is going to be a throwaway question. Hmm. You know, that's a great question. I I feel like uh, I feel like the Andrew Luck thing has taken so much oxygen out of everything that yeah. that we've we've sort of forgotten about. You know, like the Zeke holdout things like that. Oh, I don't mind forgetting about Dallas Cowboy contract negotiations because that is. Peak summer fixed baseball talk radio. Or the Jadavian Clowney potential trade. That's somewhat interesting. It's somewhat interesting. The Dolphins thing seems extremely fake to me. Why would they do it if they're actually... I I do think they're doing 
a sort of, if they're not tanking, they're in, definitely in the neighborhood of tanking. What's the point of giving them giving up a second round pick to then pay a guy who's like a pretty good pass rusher? Yeah, if you're considered arguably the worst roster in the NFL, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know there's that Greer connection thing, which seems a real stretch. It like really a guy is. that used to be with the Texans. Is Bobby still with them? Bobby Greer? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Chris is, so, I mean, by proxy. Right. So, I don't know. There there, there was some stuff that I was reading about. I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, in that in that case, like, the Rams with Wade Phillips. Like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. I, it, it, having worked with the Texans is not, is, does not guarantee that you're going to want to trade for clowning. But it also doesn't mean if you have, if you weren't with the Texans last week, it also means it's very likely that you don't know what you're getting. And with Clowney, I'm not saying it's like a Spurs transaction where you go, oh, the Spurs want our player. Like, we probably shouldn't do this trade then. Right. Where I would be afraid of the Texans not wanting to pay Clowney because of injury history. And then it's like, hey, you won the Clowney trade. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. What did you just trade me? Right. And I think the fact that you can't negotiate a long-term deal with him is quite strange. Like that, that's, that's a, why didn't the Texans, if they were going to trade him, why didn't they do this six months ago when they, the team that got him could have, could have get, given up more because they knew they could sign him to a five-year deal? What, what is the point of waiting till after the tender deadline? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. By the way, Bob Hope Airport. Oh, uh, you're right. That's the code is B-U-R for Burbank. I've never done it. People here swear by it. There's no way I would do it because I'm down at the beach. So LAX is LAX backyard. is where it's at. I mean, it's like thirty minutes from me. Plus, you always see like an interesting celebrity there. Where Bob Hope at? Uh, the no, carpet LAX. looks old. Oh yeah, LAX. You got you're gonna get you know people you just don't don't see every day. I saw Jamie Bell in the security line a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago. That's incredible. I mean, where else you can see Jamie Bell? <laughs> it's not here. No idea. It's not here. All Turn. I'm right. um, come on. Turn. All right. I think we're done here. I mean. We could we could we could pivot to no to turn. No, we're good. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> That's right. That'll do it for dual threat. So it'll be the same feed. Just subscribe and make sure you're subscribed and you'll be ready to go with the Rosillo Show podcast. Uh, starting up here full time, the ringer, two next week and then three a week throughout the football season. Thanks a lot and thanks for your support and making this possible to uh, be able to stay out in LA a little bit longer. So thank you. Yeah.